Thank you for joining us on the Waymaker Church podcast today. We hope this inspires you, builds your faith, and makes a way for the new and deeper with Jesus Christ in your life. Enjoy. John chapter 15. We're going to talk about thriving at work, and I want to jump right into this. Uh, John chapter 15, verse 4. Remain in me, Jesus says. He says this to his disciples in the last meal that he has with him. He, he, uh, several chapters in, 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 right in the heart of the, the gospel of John is Jesus' last instructions, last encouragement, last directions to his disciples then, but also to us 2,000 years later, you and me right now, disciples of Jesus. Now, I recognize not everybody here would say you're a disciple of Jesus. You're curious about Jesus. You're open to Jesus, or maybe you're even hesitant or hostile to Jesus. I'm glad that you're here. I want you to know what, what the men and women who are following Jesus signed up for, because I think something in the next 45 minutes is going to get a hold of you. And, and I want you to know we'll be there with you in that. Jesus says, remain in me and I will remain in you. What does he mean by that? Some of your translations literally use the word abide. What does abide mean? It, it means that we, we don't just invite Jesus over to our house as a guest. We let him take over the house. We let him take over the house. My, my uncle and aunt uh, drove up here from Florida uh, this weekend with their giant silver Airstream camper. It's a, it's a work of art. You, you, need, you need to see, you come by my house, they'll give you a tour, okay? They'll give you a tour. It, it, it's, it's beautiful and it's, it's right in my driveway right now, backed in. And, um, and, and here's the thing though, sometimes that's how we kind of look at, at our relationship with Jesus. When we get to a verse like this, it's like, Jesus, hey, why don't you just live in the camper? Right? Why don't you live in the camper out in, in the driveway? And when I need some therapy, I'll invite you in. When I need uh, a little bit of, of, of direction or, or to feel good about something, I'll, I'll let you in the house. And yet that's not what Jesus says he wants. He says, no, no, no. I want you to invite me in and then I'm going to take over. I'm gonna, I'm gonna rearrange the furniture and the walls. We're gonna tear some things up and build some things back. We're gonna, we're gonna shift the whole thing in your life. And, and here's the thing, when we do that, it becomes a, a, a nutrient and a power source for a branch cannot produce fruit if it is severed from the vine and you cannot be fruitful unless you remain in me. I'm coming back to this idea of fruitfulness in just a second. What does he say? He gives us the, the, the code on this, on this imagery. He says, yes, I am the vine. So in case you were wondering, I'm the vine, Jesus says. You are the branches. Those who remain in me, those who abide in me, those who let me in to take over everything, and I in them will produce much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. What does he say? He says, look, I, there is fruit that God has created and designed you to bear. And we're gonna go back to the origin of this in Genesis chapter one in just a second. But you and I are to be fruit bearers. We, we are to be people who abide in Jesus. And as a result of abiding in Jesus, we become 
more like him. We reflect him in the world and we multiply that image wherever we go. Write this down if you're taking notes. When we abide in Jesus, he uses our capacity. And I'm gonna gonna talk about what that is and why that's important. He uses our capacity to produce good fruit. What is capacity? Okay, and I wanna talk about this. Capacity is the potential the potential that you and I to multiply fruit of Jesus in our world. And as we've been talking about in this series, let's start in the family and then let's continue that in the workplace. What would happen if we realize that the place where we spend most of our waking hours, Monday through Friday, is actually a harvest field? And here's the thing, Jesus, Jesus isn't trying to be the, 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 the guest that lives in the airstream out in the driveway that we can invite in from time to time and just whine about our job. Jesus, would you help me with my crappy job? Please help me tolerate it. What Jesus wants to do instead is he wants to shift our thinking. And instead of seeing it as this, this, thing that we have to bear and endure, it actually, he wants our mind and our heart to shift to seeing the people that we work with and the work that we get to do as a harvest field, as a place where we will, in remaining with him and him remaining in us, we will bear much fruit. How do we do that? We're gonna unpack this. We meet needs, we solve problems, and we make things better. So I want us to say this together, okay? So if you've, been, if you've been kind of, okay, where's he going with this? Engage right now. Here we go. I'm gonna count to three and we're gonna say this together. We're gonna give it our best shot. Here we go. One, two, three. Meet needs, solve problems, and make things better. What if we unleashed upon the marketplace and the workforce the stay-at-home parent and the C-suite and everything in between, a group of laborers who weren't the chief complainers, who weren't the people who stir it up and rip it up, but are the people instead that build it up. And when they walk in the room, they see this place as an opportunity. They see this responsibility where they're a clerk at Walmart, a baker, a candlestick maker, whatever. They're saying this job, this labor, this work I get to do is a harvest field to bear fruit that Jesus is connecting me to in my life in Christ. Now, I want you to go ahead and turn with me to Genesis chapter one. We're gonna get to that in just a second. In 1870, stop right there. Some of you are about to check out. The moment I set a date, you went back to eighth grade history class. Stay with me. In 1870, in a little town in Western Germany, a town called Cologne, was born a young lad named Conrad Adner. Conrad Adner was born of Christian parents who raised him up in the faith. They were in church every week teaching young Conrad the way, the truth, and the life that is Jesus. And he grew up to be a Christian. And not only did he grow up to be a Christian and a very vocal Christian and a very 
outspoken Christian, but he became the mayor of his hometown, Cologne. During the time in which Germany goes through World War I and afterwards is in this, what's called the Weimar Republic, this very weak Germany that's trying to figure it out. He is the mayor of this town. And then all of the sudden, this guy named Adolf, you should Google him. <laughs> Who's he talking about? Okay. This guy named Adolf Hitler starts to come onto the scene and Conrad sees the writing on the wall. He sees the desperation of the German people and they're ready to just give all of their allegiance over to this man, Adolf. And it's complicated, but it happens. And so in 1933, Conrad, who's the mayor of his town, Cologne, is supposed to welcome the new Fuhrer who's flying in to his town. You know what he does instead? He goes into exile. He says, I'm not gonna cooperate with this man. I know who, what he's about and I know where he's gonna take our country. And so he goes into self-exile into an abbey, into a Catholic church and he lives there until Hitler finally says, no, 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 you, you can't do that and puts him in jail for the rest of World War II. So Conrad Adner lives in jail and then what happens in 1945, the fall of Berlin, uh, of course, the suicide uh, of, of Adolf Hitler to bring to end uh, World War II, or at least the European theater. Europe is devastated by this war and genocide brought about by the most tyrannical monster of the 20th century, Adolf Hitler. One week later, the allied powers who chop up Germany into four parts, those Britain, America, and France, they go bust Conrad out of jail. And they say, you need to lead this. They take the one Christian who decided to go into exile instead of cooperate or compromise with a tyrannical godless government and they say this country needs Jesus they didn't say that but that's what I'm saying listen to what Conrad says months after he's broken out of jail away with the slogans of a vanished time we know what those slogans are we're not going to say them away with the fatigue of life and state the same hardship forces all of us to get to work. I love that guy. Let's get to work, y'all. Let's roll up our sleeves. Let's roll up our sleeves. It would be a betrayal of the one, of one's own family and of the German people to sink now into nihilism or indifference. Ho-hum, we are a disgrace to the world. We are in devastation. We cannot believe this happened. And here we are with rubble as a country and nobody trusts us. And what does this man Conrad says? No, 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 we're not gonna go there. We're not gonna go there. The CDU, which is that government for the next few years, appeals to all the forces newly willing to build on unflinching confidence in the good qualities of the German people and the indomitable, 
What a word, indomitable determination to make the what? Christian idea, the Christian idea and the high ideal of true democracy, the basis of renewal. Do not think this was a coincidence that week at weeks after the fall of the Nazi regime in Europe, they break a Christian out of jail and say, would you build this place back up? Waymaker Church, why do I share that story with you? First, because I'm a history nerd and I have a microphone. <laughs> okay. Second, because when we talk about a new generation of spirit-led leaders in Way Kids, in Midway, in Way Youth, we're talking about men and women like this who will stand against tyrants. And when that's done, will stand to lead people to the Christian idea of building back a culture to a city on a hill. Are you with me in this Waymaker Church? <laughs> to understand that and to get a hold of that, we've got to get a hold of the theology of work, of labor, of capacity, how we bear fruit in the world around us, how we go beyond just the idea of capacity as income and status and understand that capacity is faith in something bigger than ourselves. It is the transformation. Now, let's go ahead and address this. To our culture, capacity is what? Capacity is income and status. Who you are and your ability to make things happen in the world has everything to do with your income and status. And that's why even Christ-following parents who love Jesus and want their kids to love Jesus buy right into this. Okay, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta strive, you gotta strive, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta get the job, and you gotta, you gotta go to the college, you gotta go to the good college, and you gotta go to the good college. If you don't go to the good college, you won't get the good job. If you don't get the good job, you won't get the good, and then you won't have status. And what are your mom and dad gonna say about you at parties? Well, I mean, he's figuring it out. Thanks, Ben. What, what are we going to say when, when we have to tell them that you're a missionary? A missionary? Yeah, but, but we're really, we're praying for him. We're praying that um, he's, uh, when he's done with that little phase of his life, that he'll be a CEO someday. Right? No. No. That, that is not all there is to capacity, income, and status. And yes, that's what our culture said. And here's the problem with that. And this is, this, is, this is important. To see capacity as just income and status will limit our God-given calling and creativity. You see, there's so much more to capacity than income and status. In fact, if there's a list, it's probably at the bottom. Yes, income is important and status is important based upon our reputation. But what about our call from God to love him to love people and to make disciples. What about the time, the talent, the energy, the resources, the spiritual giftings that he's given us for such a time as this so that when we are broken out of jail, we're ready to go. Oh, thank you. Thank you for the 
one square meal a day that barely kept me alive, I'm ready to go to work to rebuild this thing that tyrants and demons tear down. That's the moment we're in right now. And we gotta get a generation ready for this. And that means we've got to be parents and grandparents who are willing to roll up our sleeves and show them what it looks like. Anybody with me? Come on, come on, come on, come on. Mm, mm. Genesis chapter one, God gives the first human beings a job description. Let's go to it, job description, here it is. Then God said, this is one of two creation narratives. Let us make human beings in our image. In our image, to be like us. Who's the us? Father, Son, Holy Spirit. They will reign over the fish of the sea, the birds of the sky, the livestock, all the wild animals on earth and the small animals that scurry along the ground. Job description. You will be image bearers of God. And not only will you be image bearers of God, you will do something with that. Look what he says. Look what Genesis says. says, So God created human beings in his own image. In the image of God, he created them male and female. He created them. Verse 28 says this, then God blessed them. He what? He blessed them and said, be fruitful and multiply. It is a blessing to be fruitful and multiply. Yes, that does mean procreation, male and female, but it also means taking the image of God that is placed on a human being and casting it and multiplying it in the world around. What does God do with creation? He says, it's good, it's good, but I want y'all to make it better. What? Yeah, it's good. I made this and I made you and I designed you and I've given you a great, great responsibility to be fruitful and multiply, to build families and to go to work. This was before Genesis chapter three, before sin ever entered the, before it was a toil of the ground and labor and childbirth and pain and sin and brokenness and disease and all of those things. He says, I want you to make this thing better. And then what does Jesus say to his disciples in John chapter 15, the last instructions that he starts to give them in detail, he says, hey, I need you to bear fruit. I need you to bear fruit. So what does that mean? We carry God's image, we multiply it, and we bless others. How do we do that? Here we go again. We meet needs, we solve problems, and we make things better. It's just what followers of Jesus do. They don't stir it up, wind it up, break it up, they build it up. They show up to work with crazy bosses and broken coworkers, and they say, hey, there's gotta be some needs here. Let me be a part of meeting them. Maybe a part of meeting them. Uh, we had a, a gentleman here in our, our church who found out about this family from another church in our community, started to go fund me and, and over $130,000 was raised in I think a, a, a 24 to 48 hour period. 
That's what followers of Jesus do when someone has a need. They don't say, oh, well, I hope somebody figures that out. Right? They, we meet needs, we solve problems. We go to work and we don't create them. Right? We're not the ones in the break room. I know I'm not supposed to be smoking in here, but I don't care. Did you see what he did? Right? I'll get an email about that, I'm sorry. Listen, listen, you know this and, and, and you, you're always trying to think about how to do PR for the person who, who comes to your work, who claims to know and speak for Jesus and has all the bumper stickers on their car and they say rude and unkind things and they blame it on Jesus, right? And, and you're just thinking, oh man, if, if I could just, well, hey, you, you can't do much about that, but what you can do is meet needs, solve problems and make things better because that's what followers of Jesus do. Why did they do that? Because they have a job description that was given in Genesis chapter one that Jesus redeems and empowers in John chapter 15. And then in, in the cross or on the cross, he, he forgives our sins and then raises from the dead and then puts the Holy Spirit in us and says, now go carry the image of God, multiply it, and bless other people. Join what God did for Adam and what he called Abraham and Israel to do. And now you do it as the church. Meet needs, solve problems and make things better. So what is our capacity when we talk about this in our job and our labor and our work? It's the resources that we have right now. I just don't have that job that pays, you know, tens of thousands or hundreds of thousands of jobs. What do you have? What do I have? I have opportunity. I have vibrancy. I have spiritual giftings. I have fruit that Jesus is through my connection to the vine bearing through me. I may not have the status at the market or at the job site. I may just be the guy who shows up with the tool belt. I'm not the manager, I'm not the owner, I'm not the fill in the blank, but you know what I am? I'm a follower of Jesus that meets needs, solves problems and makes things better because that's what we do. When they break us out of jail after the demons have destroyed everything, we build it back up to look like Jesus. That's what we do. So the resources we have right now is our capacity. It's our spiritual giftings. Yes, it is our income. Yes, it is the status that we have, but man, what does Jesus promise us in Matthew? Matthew's gospel. Remember that, that, that parable that we, let, we, we read last week and we studied about the, the, the talents and the master gives the servants. I want you to jump to where that ends. We're just gonna get to the ending of that. We saved the ending for this week, okay? So Matthew chapter 22, I wanna look at that. I'm sorry, 25. Jesus says, after he's told this whole parable, to those who use well what they are given, their capacity, our capacity. So we have a calling, love God, love people, make disciples. We talked about that last week. And then we have a capacity and that is what we're given, the opportunities, the health, the giftings, even more will be given. 
So if we use well what we're given, even more will be given. Jesus is saying, this is how it works. This is how God has wired the universe. Even when it's broken, it's, 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 this is how it works. And they will have an abundance. What does that mean? It means so many things. An abundance is I have more than I need. And so what do I do with that abundance? I invest it, I give it, I, right? I I meet needs, I solve problems, and I make things better. That's what I do with my abundance. Why? Because I can't help it because I have the image of God trying to get out. Not only trying to get out, but multiply and bless other people. Can you imagine what would happen if LinkedIn and monster.com or whatever the headhunter of the, of the week.com is, if they're just like, you gotta hire Christians. They just show up and they make things better. Like you gotta hire these people. Like, I don't believe in, in, in what they believe, but man, they believe it and it changes things. Can you imagine? But from those who do nothing, even what little they have will be taken away. What was he saying? That there, we have a choice. We have a choice with our capacity. What's our choice? We either ignore or we invest the capacity God gives us. We either ignore it. You know what? I hope they figure that need out. You know what? I hope somebody solves that problem. It's not me. I got another Bible study to go to. Oh, so you need more information and less obedience. How about you reverse that? How about you just obey more? How about you just obey more than you, than you actually stuff more information in your brain? You don't need another sermon. You don't need another song. You need more obedience. Obedience, just, just do what you've been called to do. Or you could ignore it. Or I could ignore it. I could just say, hey, I hope somebody figures that out. Or, or I take the resources that God has given me and I invest that capacity. I can do that. And what does that do? It makes the world more and more like heaven. I take care of my neighbors. I don't ignore them. I love and pray for my enemies. And maybe, maybe someday they're the very people who break me out of jail and say, can you fix this thing? Yeah, be glad to. In the name of Jesus. That's what we're called to by Maker Church. And I'm gonna say this. We are in unprecedented times. And, and, and I mean that in, in all of the hopeful sense. I, I mean that in the sense that, that, that this is the greatest opportunity for the church, but not the church that wants to attend services. Not, not the church that just wants more sermons and more songs, but the church that's ready to be The image of God multiplied 
and blessing the world by bearing the fruit of Jesus. You know what? Let's start in our households and then, man, the place where we're gonna spend most of our waking hours and most of our vibrant life, the place we go to work, whether we're owning it, leading it, managing it, working for it, working around it, whatever, that we're just the people that make it better. So, brings us to a question. This is the question that I want us to ask God to give you opportunities to use your capacity to love your neighbor. So, for just a second, okay, for just a second, I just want you to ask that question. God, what are some opportunities right now in my life for me to use the capacity you've given me? Yes, the income, and yes, uh, the, the, the status that you've given me, but, but not only that. The spiritual giftings, the wisdom, the conviction, the, the values, the vision, that you've given my life. Help me use that to love my neighbor because that's the calling you've put on my life and I, I wanna fulfill it. And so think about that right now. Just pray through that. Thank you so much for joining us and a special thank you to those who give to Waymaker Church. It is because of you that our ministry is possible. Visit waymaker.church to give now. And if you enjoyed today's podcast, be sure to subscribe. You can also share it with your friends and family. Thanks again for listening. Now go make a way.